We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Top Dogs Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network, and it is about that time to get this thing going again. We are three weeks away from the start of the college basketball season. I don't know about you guys, but I cannot be more fired up for hoops to be back, and what better way to celebrate than by diving into a podcast on the reigning national champions as they are in the mix for six. Um, I had a fun week. I was able to head up to stores. I was able to watch practice. I caught up with Donovan Klingen. I caught up with Alex Caravan. I caught up with Tristan Newton. We will have those interviews rolling in future uh, Top Dogs podcasts here coming up the next couple of weeks as we head into the start of the season. Um, and next week, I am going to get into all my thoughts and breakdowns, kind of a season preview format based off of what I saw in practice, what I heard from talking people around the program, all that kind of good fun uh intricate stuff um but that's not what we're doing today uh, i was lucky enough to be able to get about 30 minutes with uh dan hurley sitting inside uconn's practice facility and it was a blast man he was uh introspective he was insightful he was loose he was fun uh and afterwards uh he even stole the phone as i was trying to facetime my kids to say good night and uh, got a full-on UConn chant from my daughter, who also told him that Kyle Schwarber is the best baseball player on the planet. Um, I think you're going to like this interview. There's some fun stuff in there. Uh, like I said, Danny was very insightful about what happened in January last year, um, about how he kind of had a come-to-Jesus moment, how the Queen Husky herself, Andrea Hurley, helped uh, center him and get him back on the right path. And a little fun story in there about a, a no-hitter he may or may not have thrown uh, in his younger days as a lefty pitcher throwing junk in Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, but that's enough of me rambling. We're going to have enough of that throughout this season. So without further ado, let's get into it. Dan Hurley, reigning national champion head coach of the UConn Huskies. Big news. The Almanac is officially back the most exhaustive and comprehensive guide to the 2023-24 college basketball season is available for pre-order now if you go to cbbalmanac.com link is in the description below you can pre-order for just $15.99 or 20% off 
the sticker price. The format is going to be a little bit different this season. Instead of an 850-page PDF, you'll be getting access to the full site with league-by-league PDFs available for download. The preview will be live on September 20th, so you have until then to be able to get your pre-orders in. So for insight for all 362 Division I teams from their head coaches and the experts that cover them, make sure you hit that link. Let me welcome you back to another episode of the Top Dogs podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. And I'm thrilled to be joined today by national champion Dan Hurley. How's that How's that feel when you hear that? I know it's like right over my left shoulder. I think that the banner's back there. You, you, yeah. It feels you good. Can see it. <laughs> it's good, man. So you got fitted for the rings, right? Did you get them? Yeah, yeah, we got the rings. You got two of them? Got two of them because you, the, you get the lesser, you know, I, don't, I think it's like Maybe the the it, one of the rings is not quite as nice as the other. I think that's the one that the NCAA. What have you makes. What have you done with them? Are you just leaving them sitting in the the cases? I wore it a little bit. Um, you know, we had we had some recruits around, so <laughs> I had to show belt. it off. I mean, if you don't show that off, you're a fool. Um, yep. But then we went right to first night, and I just I didn't want the, any of the players to see me like wearing it. You know, it's like this. Uh, so. I won't wear it again until maybe I'm around or until you get the sixth one, right? (laughs) Until we get the sixth one, right? Yeah. So you, it felt like this summer was your kind of celebration tour. Every time I looked up, you're throwing out another first pitch somewhere. You're sitting in some other box somewhere, going to some other sporting event where they're honoring you uh, on the Today Show. Was was that as much of a whirlwind as it looked like from the outside? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. What what a difference the summer makes. There weren't a lot of invites. I think I got you, you lose to New Mexico State and you score like fifty something points. Hey, I invited you. I was I was here in the worst days, huh? What was that like? Um, single A. I think I got a couple <laughs> single A <laughs> chances to throw it out. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, we did a lot of cool stuff, but um, and a lot of people see that. But w- what you don't see is like all the work that you are putting in in between. Like we got like mostly the full team in here in June. And we started practicing like it was October, like we did today, just for an hour. Um, you know, and then obviously you grind out the recruiting. So, but yeah, I mean, you, you, it's such a hard tournament to win, right? Six single game elimination victories versus all different types of teams with no home court advantage, man. Uh, you win a tournament like that, you, you deserve to take, uh, take a bow. Yeah. You got to celebrate it, right? That's no what doubt. you do it for. No doubt. I mean, that's definitely. Yeah, that's definitely part of it, you know. Um, you know, the, the the chase to 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 win the biggest prize in our sport. You know, we coach for a lot of other reasons, right? The relationships, um, the the mastery of coaching, the the camaraderie in the locker room and in the huddle, like that type of purpose that you get. But yeah, in the end, um, you know, we're all at each other's throats here to try to, you know, to try to be the last one standing. So what was the the most surprising part of this last six months for you? I would say that just how, how, how smoothly the tournament went. I don't know if you're talking about like the actual playing, but I was surprised at how smoothly the NCAA tournament <laughs> went. <laughs> you know, you, I mean, you were, you didn't have the greatest experiences in the, in the postseason before that. No, I mean, the, the, the I always try to say that the Maryland, you know, that there should be, not maybe give me like the 80% blame on that one because that was a unique 
experience in that bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, but I deserve all the all the shit I took for the New Mexico State game. Um and and just how poorly we performed and um how poorly the team was constructed and um you know the the refusal to to adapt to the modern game offensively. Um so you know I, I would say I was surprised at how dominant we were in the NCAA tournament. Um you'd expect probably one of those games to have to come from behind late. Um and then the you know the I would say that the the six months uh how differently people treat you um, in terms of just well, the... I, before you go, I want to ask you about New Mexico state because it does feel like your process changed a little bit heading into last season. And, and when did you, how did you come to that realization? Right? Like you're, I don't, I don't think that you're someone that is going to change your mind too often. Right. Yeah. How did you come to that, that decision? You know, we need to change what we do and how difficult was that? It, it was tough. Um, you know, we, we're all married to an identity and um, we also have, you know, we all have egos and, you know, we feel like what we do is uh, these guys are unbelievable down there. I hope they're pushing weight. (laughs) 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 Um, No, but you know, I was, listen, I was, you go from high school at St. Benedict's to, you know, to Wagner to Rhode Island and you find yourself at UConn and you feel like you got all the answers. And the reality of it is, um, the roster construction in terms of shooting and skill. Um, it wasn't there. And then just the creativity in terms of how we were playing, um, whether it was half court execution or, you know, the, the transition game being, um, you know, becoming productive and efficient. And that, uh, that was that, that night, uh, post game nightmares in that hotel in Buffalo. And then that bus ride back, ton of soul searching that weekend about the direction that we needed to go with the roster and how I needed to adapt and culture, hard playing defensive mentality was only going to get me to a point. And that point wasn't going to be an elite coach. How much of, of that development was based off of who you were bringing back? Right. Cause I, I do think it's really interesting that you're, I don't want to say growth as a coach, but you, you going to, national championship level also came at the same time that you have Andre Jackson, that you have Adama Sonogo, that you have Jordan Hawkins, who, I mean, look, I haven't been in as many locker rooms as you have, but it feels like that trio was about as good from a leadership perspective as you could possibly ask for. Is that fair? Yeah, no doubt. And they all did it in a different way. You know, Jordan had a, you know, that, that gunslinger type of confidence. Um, Andre was like the great captain who was both, um, who was incredibly uh, vocal um, and was like cool with his teammates, but also when he needed to be a hard ass, he was. And then you had Adama who was just uh, just a competitive dog and a lead by example guy. Um, and, and, and I knighted them when we got back. I think I met with them on Monday after we lost in that first round of that tournament. And, uh, you know, you're the big three. I'm going to put a roster around you of uh, – um, of guys that 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 you could really excel with. I'm going to go in the portal. I'm going to get you some veterans that could shoot um, and that got confidence um, and, and that uh, won't won't shrink in the tournament. And you know how much Caravan and Klingon are going to help you. So, um, and then we just got on a mission. You've 
you've spoken before about the the mental state that you've been in as a coach and, and how you've tried to change some of that. Do you feel differently now that you've kind of gotten that, I don't want to say the chip off your shoulder, but you you've kind of, you've reached what your goal is in this industry. You can't get much higher than winning a national championship in college basketball. Yeah. I think um, I'm going to take a lot more confidence with me. I'd say that um, I'll, I'll handle struggles moving forward um, like less emotionally. And, um, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> But I, even just even more so, you know, internally, because sometimes, you know, s- sometimes, you know, my, my sideline behavior is to make an a point towards the officials. It's to make a point towards my team. Some of it is calculated. Now, some of it is a guy that at times has come unhinged, too, which <laughs> is something that where, where I want to be better. I think the master coaches, they um, they know when to make a. Uh, you know, when to make a scene relative to being displeased with something. But, you know, for me, you know, I became the kind of that boy who cried wolf and picking my spots better, I think is um, just going to come from, I I think, a a confidence now that I know that, you know, the way that we do things works and that when I just focus on coaching and not get so caught up in the emotions um, that um, I'm one of the few coaches in college basketball right now that, knows going into the season that I could win that tournament. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It feels from, at least from the outside, that you kind of figured all of that out with the, with the emotions and not going after the refs too much in the middle of last year. Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah, um, definitely. January, my wife, Andrea kind of <laughs> intervention, you know, Brett, just the agent, Andrea, the wife in January. Hey, you know, you're, uh, you know, you got to get your shit together here, buddy. You're, you know, you're, uh, you're the type of team, um, you're too good of a coach to act, you know, all that type of shit, you know, like you're too good of a coach. You got too good of a team, all the stuff that did you you need to hear that from them. I I think, um, yeah, I did. Um, they're two of the people, especially my wife, Andrea, who she knows me the best of anyone. Um, she doesn't take shit from anyone. And she doesn't take it from anybody. You know, she obviously, you know, she did a great show with her in Houston. Thank you for that. (laughs) I'm sure the Providence game will be pleasant for her. Uh, 
I mean, that's always, a, it's always a mess when you go there. So it's not how much worse could it get? Um, yeah. I, you know, but the agent, I think, um, you know, kind of having that conversation with me and saying, Hey man, like, you know, this is your career. Um, this is a big year. You know, my contract was, you know, advancing here and it was year five is, you know, pretty important, like put up or shut up and you better focus on your coaching and, and, and get your emotions in check. Yeah. I, I said it at the time that I felt like January was a real inflection point for, I don't know if like legacy is the right word. I don't know if you care about legacies or anything like that, but you, that last season could have gone off the rails and, <laughs> and, and for a while it did. And you were able to get it going again. Now that you're kind of removed from that, how do you look back on on that? Not just January, but the way that the season turned around. I mean that that tough that that stretch. You know, it's like anything in life, right? It's never just like one thing, or it's not just one thing that's correct in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I was a frustrated coach. Um, I, I was I was frustrated with my team, so I wasn't managing the game and 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 the program the way I needed to. I was frustrated with the officials, but the film didn't lie. I mean, I went back and watched the film and sent the clips in. And it's not like I got a response back that said, Hey, you were wrong. They made really good calls. The the calls, (laughs) they were in fact bad calls and uh, a multitude of them. Um, And then the team wasn't playing well. Some of our best players were going through a struggle together. You know, if I had, you know, just Hawk playing bad or just a dot, but it was like, and then we played a brutal part of our schedule where, you know, Marquette, Creighton, Xavier last year. Yeah, you probably were supposed to win like one game in that, in the, of the five that you lost. Yeah. Right? I mean, listen, I get the St. John's yeah. one. That was a complete dumpster fire. And, um, you know, then you had the Seton Hall on the road and, you know, it, where everybody it, had COVID. Right? Where we, yeah. I mean, we had the COVID going on and it, it took, a really bad bounce of the ball for us to lose that one. Um, but again, like you play a tough, tough, uh, tough part of your schedule. Again, mm-hmm. Marquette, Creighton, Xavier last year, Xavier healthy. We were four of probably the seven or eight best teams in the country. So yeah, I mean, we, we, we fell into a tough spot in January, but um, obviously I think losing in the big East tournament, I, I thought from a leadership standpoint, forget yelling at refs, forget, losing my shit on the sideline just as an internal behind the scenes leader. I'm known to off of brutal losses to, to, to grind up everyone in the program. And I, I think there's a lot of coaches that, um, that take that tact and um, it's very effective, um, but it's not effective going into a single elimination tournament. So, you know, post Marquette brutal loss at the garden. I think, Tristan and Jordan go four for 21 from the field. Andre Jackson's in foul trouble. We miss multiple threes to take a lead late in that game and to surge ahead. Great looks at threes. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't go scorched earth after that game. I, I we, we met the next day. Uh, we had a tough film session, but when we got back to stores, Connecticut pre selection show, it was all about celebrating our season. We're going to have a high seed. Let's go and win the tournament. No one in the non-conference could beat us. So the the Sonogo and Klingon 
dynamic. How can you replicate that this year? Are we going to see that from Samson? Are we going to see him be the the 15 minute a game guy? He looked pretty good today. Practice. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, our, 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 our secret sauce right now is, is, um, Obviously, we, we we play through our center a lot, and um, and to have different two different types of centers, I think, is a problem for our opponent. And last year, the the Adama, the six foot eight, ass kicking, you know, battering ram that you're ducking in, and it turned into Jokic in the tournament too, right? So it turned into Jokic <laughs> in the tournament. Um, you know, he had definitely had the three in his bag. We had to beg him to shoot it. I had to beg him to shoot it versus drop coverage. Um, that's how much of a winner he was. And uh, you know, to have come in last year with the 7-2 rim protector, who I think now has maybe gr- grown to 7-3, um, this year it lines up perfect for us again if we could, you know, if we could get Donovan healthy to have, uh, you know, the 7-3 guy who's a game changer at both ends of the court and hasn't even shown people everything that he could do offensively. Yeah, I saw him shooting it when oh, he was yeah. out there today. Shoot it, could pass it, could play five out. Um Obviously, he's a nightmare in the ball screen game. But then we have the movement center. Um, just playing against Marquette last year with Iguodara, um, a center like that, a movement center that uh, is a, that graceful athlete that you know allows you to change tempo and pace. Uh, now we've got somebody that has some similarities, uh, you know, coming off the bench for us. What can you tell us about Klingon's foot? How far away is he? Is he? Are we going to see him the first game of the season? Is it just kind of one of these things where seven foot three dudes and feet you don't want to mess with it? Oh, the timeline initially was was three to five weeks for him um, to be back playing. So we obviously are going to wait till he's completely symptom uh, free, and it's controlled completely by the doctors. But I could guarantee you that um, you know we'll be conservative. How hard is it to keep him off the floor? Because he told us that he's ready to get back out there. He's pretty bored. I've <laughs> I've told him to sit down, and it's like a thing on campus. I think students you know, are seeing him like walking with his boot to class and offering rides to class, and and just telling him to sit down. Oh. The guy has got to sit down <laughs> and rest his foot so that <laughs> so that the thing recovers, man. So you have the national title under your belt how what's the level of motivation now to go back to back is it is it higher is it more are you sitting here kind of saying all right i got this done resting on your laurels a little bit (laughs) (laughs) yeah right yeah yeah um my biggest one of my biggest fears going into the year is is uh, prior was maybe going into the summer was like uh complacency yeah, I'm going to find complacency. I'm I'm going to find it. I'm going to root it out. I'm going to exterminate it. Uh, I'm I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it in anyone's body language. I'm looking for it in the staff meeting. I'm looking for it when I meet with the marketing people. I'm looking for complacency. Where can I find it? My my biggest fear is that I'm just going to drive um, people crazy, like we're, when it's just not there. You know when? Uh, yeah, I was going to say how how did you keep the staff together for so long? <laughs> I just got lucky with this past cycle, I think, uh, with Kamani and Luke. But <laughs> and they got a sweet, I mean, they got a sweet, sweet opportunity here. Those guys don't have to take anything but uh but really outstanding head coaching jobs. Um, but you know, for me it's a chance this year to make history. It's such a special opportunity. 
it's you know it's an incredibly hard thing to do obviously to win the win the NCAA tournament but to return a team that potentially could do it again you've got a a lot put, of stuff has happened at this program you can see it on the walls behind yeah. us never gone back to back never gone back to back and no one's done it since since billy's teams and then before that what was it oscar robinson or somebody Some, or yeah, somebody like that did ago. it so the chance to make history you have to put every single thing that you have you know personally emotionally you know mentally into this enterprise through um and we you know, we have a vision man we're we're you know, we visualize for ourselves, you know, having a great season, Brooklyn, the Boston, the Phoenix, you know, Brooklyn, the Boston, the Phoenix, you know, getting a high seed for the tournament, playing in Brooklyn, playing in Boston, and then hopefully, you know, finding ourselves in Phoenix. You guys aren't exactly young this year. I mean, you got a fifth year senior point guard. You brought in a fifth year senior transfer in uh, Cam Spencer. Alex Caravan is old for a sophomore. Donovan Klingon's been through it for a year. Um, Asan Diara's DC fifth year has been around forever. Yeah. Um, but you do have five freshmen on this roster and that's basically half of kind of what your rotation will end up being. Are you taking a different tact when you're in practice? Are you trying to find yourself be a little bit more patient? You know, it, it's when you have the experience you had last year and the, the new pieces that you brought in were older players. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you manage that, uh, that aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is just, you know, what is it? It's a la carte, man. It's like individual. And it's based on, I guess, you know, the the hype that a player has coming in, um, the position that they play, the role they're going to be in, um, in terms of what we need from them, whether they need, uh, like, hard reality checks or that player needs confidence uh, boosting type of communication from me. I think the misnomer with me is that I coach everybody the same. I'm just a complete hard ass. Um, and a lot of that is true. I think we, um, you know, the, the failure in, in those previous tournaments where we weren't playing like modern, smart basketball in terms of the offense, the spacing, the shooting, the passing, the game processors, uh, you know, the, the pace, the execution, uh, but we thrive and the people that we recruit in here, they come to us because they want old school values. They want a coach that's going to push them. That's not going to kiss their, kiss their ass. Uh, but also, you know, know when they got to pick them up. So, um, you know, we're, we're old school in terms of our, our culture uh, and, and the way that we practice, how hard we practice, the pace, the accountability. Um, and and uh, so guys like Steph Castle, like, yeah, I'm like, I'm on Steph's ass right now um, because, you know, he's going to have, he's coming into this year, you know, as a potential lottery pick, you know, joining four guys that look like they have the ability to go far this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've got to toughen him up and get him ready for what's coming because people will be gunning for him. He's got a, UConn's got a big target on us. Nothing phases that, dude. It yeah, just, today, he's, he was... <laughs> I mean, look, I, I thought he played really well today. I'm sure that you probably have disagreements about that. Um, but you guys got on him, and he was just like – it was even keel the entire time. Mm. That's, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, I mean, but the way he started practice today uh, would have put us in a hole. You know, would have put <laughs> us in a hole like the Xavier game at home last year where we spotted, you know, one of the, one of the best teams in the country when healthy. 
like I don't know what this that was like nine nothing eleven nothing to start, mm-hmm. and um, you know the, to do what we want to do this year, Big East championship, uh, have a chance to win another national championship, make history. He's got to play from day one like a veteran. All right, last thing I got for you. I just saw Bobby in Las Vegas, <laughs> right, and uh, he said that. Uh, well, one, he said that he's glad that um, he's now the Hurley that has to try to prove himself in, in the family. Is that you think that's fair? I don't think that's fair, but <laughs> but we are known to create chips on both shoulders. Yep. The other thing he said is that you threw a, a no hitter when you were 12 years old in Little League. Is that, <laughs> is that true? Is that true? No, this guy's crazy. I did. Um, it was like a five inning. I think it was like a 10 strikeout. Three hit. It might have been like a two hit shutout, five innings, like like ten like ten Ks or something. Like so what were you throwing? I was dealing. Um, not hard. Like not <laughs> like it was just like a lefty that was just hitting his spots. And then um, I remember my dad brought the fa Eddie Ford, who's like a Jersey City legend, who at the time was a scout uh, with the White Sox, and he came to the house in between starts and showed me all types of exercises to increase velocity. In my next start, I gave up like nine runs in an <laughs> inning and a third. Anthony Calandrillo, uh, he, he had to be too old for that little little league thing. He hit um, two he, he had two home runs off me um, in the same inning. One righty, one lefty. He switched hit over the fence, like one over the railroad tracks and the other one over the concession stand. So, uh, so I never pitched one, again. So he hit one righty. Yeah. And then switch lefty just because he already hit one. Because he hit one righty. He, I mean, he was like twice the size of everybody. He hit one over the concession stand. And then I think it was like a two, like light rain, like a, like a light rain. He hit the other one over the railroad tracks. And uh, and I think Darren Savino might have been on that <laughs> guy's Little League team. And that was and Darren might have hit a home run off me too. And that was, and that was the end of your pitching career? That was the end of my pitching career. Well, look, I'm glad that uh, it all worked out. Um, best of luck to you this season. Thanks, brother. Again, congratulations, man. Dan Hurley, national champion.